This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool 2, Miguelan nil. Diogo getting hotter as the Reds chalk up 10,000 goals while Mo stays ice cold from the spot. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome to the post-game podcast here on the Blood Red channel as we react to the Reds making it two wins from two to start their Champions League campaign. Coming up, it wasn't all plain sailing as Jurgen Klopp left a sweat on Fabinho's fitness. Bob, I don't know. So, um, well, you know it. Muscle injuries are like this. Um, you get the result but tomorrow morning, probably. So we have to wait for that. The Echo's Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorsto, impressed by the covering, Reese Williams. An 18-year-old turned in a short performance alongside Gomez after his cameo against Ajax late on. He was excellent um, alongside Joe Gomez. Plus, we hear from you, the fans, as Trent once again takes centre stage. Alexander-Arnold is without question Liverpool's best pass to the ball, one of the best passes in world football in terms of the variety, disguise, weight. Insight, analysis and opinion all to come right here on the Post Game Podcast. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool have moved to the top of Group B in the Champions League after a 2-0 win here at Anfield against FC Micheland. Uh, second half goals from Diogo Jota and substitute Mohamed Salah were enough against the Danish champions in a game that, in truth, uh, didn't have a whole lot else to, uh, to write home about. Um, the one concern for Jürgen Klopp will be Fabinho after he came off in the first half of what appears to be a hamstring injury. We're awaiting um, an update from Klopp um, on that one. Um, obviously, Liverpool are really struggling defensively at the moment. Um, Virgil van Dijk looks like he's out for the season. Joe Matip is struggling to prove his long-term fitness at the moment. And uh, Joe Gomez is the only recognised senior centre-back at the club at the moment. Fabinho has stepped in for the last couple of games. Looks like he could also be on the shelf after uh, hobbling off in the first half. Hopefully it's not as serious as it looked, but it is a real concern for Jürgen Klopp. Um, If that's the bad news, there is some good news in the fact that Rhys Williams came on. Um, A 19-year-old turned in a short performance alongside Gomez. Um, after his cameo against Ajax late on, um, he was excellent um, alongside Joe Gomez. But uh, it will be a real concern that Fabinho uh, could be on the shelf for a couple of weeks at least. Uh, Liverpool, uh, let's go to the top of Group B as we say. Um, Atalanta drew with Ajax 2 2 at home. Uh, so Liverpool go to Bergamo next week at top of Group B. Uh, three more points will give them another sizable step in the right direction as they look to go into the uh, knockout stages for the fourth successive season. Um, as I say, a, a dour game, not a whole lot to talk about, but Liverpool have got the three points uh, against the Danish side. It's Liverpool 2, FC Michelin 0. The Echo's Liverpool correspondent Paul Gorst at Anfield for the 2-0 win over Midland in the Champions League. As Gorst, he said there, Jurgen Klopp will be left anxiously waiting the diagnosis of Fabinho's suspected hamstring injury. The Brazilian forced off, of course, in the first half. Here's what Klopp had to say on the matter and more in his press conference after the win. Jürgen, back-to-back wins to kick off your Champions League campaign. A nice piece of history for Diogo Jota as well, scoring Liverpool's 10,000th goal. Um, but you said beforehand you would have to really approach this in the right way. So just how difficult did tonight prove to be in the end? Pretty much as difficult as I expected, to be honest. So for different reasons, you make a lot of changes. Um, and it's my job to to decide, obviously, if um, oh, I have... It's all information stuff what the boys did. But then, um, for a different reason, again, the game was really tricky. They pressed like crazy. They made a really hectic game of it, and we couldn't calm it down in the decisive moments. Um, 
but actually the, in real, the individual performances for not playing that long, like Div didn't play for a while, that was absolutely okay. Um, Shaq didn't play for a longer period, absolutely really good, 90 minutes, incredible. Um, Taki, very lively, but obviously not exactly in the game. So these kind of things, um, that was was okay. But of course you saw in, when the team defends like them, then you need your patterns and they didn't, if he didn't show them tonight and then that doesn't help. But um, we scored a goal anyway. Um, and in, a, in, in probably the best football moment uh, where we really passed through exactly like we, like we should have. And um, yeah, they had really big chances, two, three, but yeah, three. Um, Ali was there, blah, 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 all these kind of things. So that helps, obviously. Um, and then you just have to fight. And that's what we did. Um, and it's like in a marriage. It's in good and in lesser good times. You have to stick together. And um, that's a moment. It's not a lesser good time. It's just a tricky one. So um, a lot of games, player after player um, says goodbye for a while and then um, we still have to, to to play the next game. And in our case, we have to win it and we, we try with all we have and I'm really happy with that and all the rest will come again. And just to check on, on two players as well, we saw Jordan Henderson take a, a bit of a whack, but was, was that all pre-planned, managing his workload and Fabinho as well? What are the early indications of the seriousness of his injury? Our first handle... Second half time, he wants to play on. But before the game, I decided already that we we have to share it 45 45. All the rest is, uh, would have been ridiculous. Um, so, um, but handle then, now handle is the half time. Oh, boss, I can go on. And then in these moments, you have to be strong to yourself because handle was, um, I didn't want to lose him actually. But um, so we made the change and Ginny did really well. So both, I think, helped it that they played 45, but only 45. Bob, I don't know. So, um, well, you know it. Muscle injuries are like this. Um, you get the result but tomorrow morning, probably. So we have to wait for that. Thank you, Vinny. Uh, one from Dom King. And then after Dom, we're going to go to, uh, let me just check, Kenneth and Jonas. Um, Dom, first. Evening, Jürgen. Um, it was just Hello. about Reese Williams. Williams. You said um, to the TV that he's, he's now played more Champions League minutes than Premier League minutes. I mean, how sort of um, would you feel if he had to play? If he if he had to play against West Ham, tell us a little bit about the boy. The boy in terms of his his character and his um, you know his composure because he he didn't seem to suffer from any nerves tonight. No, he did really well. The only problem what we have now that we unfortunately have now four days to the West Ham game, and you will make every day a story of him, and then he has to prove that he. Um, can deal with that as well because of fiber, everything was calm around him. Um, so we tried to do that as well. So it is a, he's a talent. He plays for England U20. He's 19 years old. And I didn't tell any news when I said he has more Premier League, uh, Champions League minutes and Premier League minutes because he didn't play Premier League yet and um, has now two Champions League appearances. Won both games on top of that, which is pretty exceptional. He did well. Yeah, he did well. It looks Everything looks promising. And, um, apart from Reese, we have still Nate Phillips who... For the reason that we thought he will might um, make uh, a transfer to another club, he's on the Champions League squad, uh, which is strange. But um, he uh, is a centre half as well. Um, Billy the kid is in the moment. I'm still think I'm not sure if he, if he can train out tomorrow or not. But he will be back in training. So we have we have young, very young and unexperienced um, alternatives. In the moment, it looks like that we have to choose one of them. Um, so yeah. 
I, I, I don't know yet, but to be really clear and positive, Reese was not in one situation to now tonight our problem. He played a really good game. Okay, in order, we're going to go first to Kenneth for a question from uh, one of our Danish visitors, then Jonas, then John Murray, and then finishing with Lasse, and that's probably it for the press conference. So first of all, uh, Kenneth Christensen. Yes, hello, Jürgen. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jürgen, at one point in the game, you looked uh, unhappy about a hard tackle and talked to uh, to Brian Prisco on the other bench. Uh, do you think they went over the line, uh, Mitchell? No, no, not at all. Hard challenge instead, but 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 Midland did tonight was absolutely brilliant. I love this. So, um, what can I say? I, I'm I'm uh, I'm obsessed with organization and this organization tonight and how they how they um, fill the game with life, how how they cause us problems, gets all my respect. In that situation, now it was a little bit like <laughs> I, I'm not sure. In, let me say I love I, I celebrate press good pressing situations as well, and the, the discussion in that moment was that it was a foul and I don't, that's the, the, but the, maybe my colleague didn't see that he just he was already celebrating the situation when he didn't see that it was a foul that was the discussion we had nothing else they, they i hope you didn't bother him in the in the press conference with that question because it was nothing and so um, no they were not over the top um, they were hard that's how football is um, in that situation it was not even a hard foul it was just a foul so and that's why i said um, what I said, but nothing what um, should worry anybody. Okay, Jonas, who's in uh, the stands, and then we're going to go to John Murray, and then we're going to finish with Lasse. Jonas. Hi, Jürgen. Uh, yesterday you talked about the, the Danish people's confidence in, in FC Midtjylland. Uh, today you, you changed a lot in your team. Was that the, a point of underestimating FC Midtjylland, or is that only us uh, Danes thinking that? I'm not 100% sure if I like your question because, um, uh, or maybe you didn't like my answer yesterday. That's why you asked this question today. That's possible as well. Then cannot change that, obviously. Um, if you would watch a little bit more Liverpool, you, you would know how our situation is. And then you would not think that this today is a sign for not respecting Michelin. But in the end, the good thing in your job is you can write what you want. Um, no, actually, the the the, the lineup we, we 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 chose was we wanted to show the respect we have for for Michelin because we needed fresh legs desperately. And I think when you if you watch the game, I'm not sure you did, but if you watch the game, then um, you saw we needed each fresh leg we could get. And um, with the five possible changes, yeah, we could then finish the game off. Um, so, and I'm pretty sure. Um, oh, I hope that. You didn't make a story where I said Denmark, Denmark needs more confidence. It was about you, not about Denmark. You need more confidence. Denmark is fine. John Murray from Five Live on the BBC, and then we'll finish with the last. Jürgen, just a, just a quick one. What, what is the state of John Matip's fitness? And is he, is he, can he be available for the weekend, do you feel? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we have to see. Um, so how it is. Look, if it would be only one game we play, if it's the last game of the season, then um, I think we could make probably one or the other fit for one game. But then we play three days later again and we, we need um, an, uh, again players. So um, the players who are now injured, we cannot use them on the first day of 
being fit again, let me say like this, or not injured any, anymore. So they need then like a proper build up for the rest of the season. That's what we try. And it's this juggle all the time between the fit players, how much can they play still and when can we use the others again. But we are really interested in that fact. So you can imagine um, we try everything to make everybody fit as quick as possible. And last question, hopefully let's pronounce it right. Last, last or last say we spoke yesterday. Lasse. Lasse. Yes, yeah. last question. Yeah. Exactly. Hi, Jürgen. Hi. Congrats with the win. Um, I would like to know, did anything about the Midland performance surprise you? No. Um, actually, not at all. Look, again, with the five changes, I think it's then easier to keep to keep it up for 90 minutes. Um, I don't think um, that they have to play this kind of pressing over 90 minutes in, in Denmark a lot, um, but they did it tonight. They, I, would, I said it already to the colleagues outside. I think Mitchell wanted to prove a point tonight, and they did, um, probably, um, that they can be a really um, yeah, uncomfortable opponent. And um, that's what they were tonight. And for us was the challenge tonight to deal with the pressing, which... The high press was not so much a problem, but then finding solution in the middle, how I said, my fault because of a lot of changes and um, we, we were not patient enough, blah, 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 didn't pass quick enough, all these kind of things, so football things. But they they forced us to. And um, so they had then really three big chances and um, no, not surprised um, at all. I know that's uh, that's how football uh, can be. And what I said last night, it's not, um, you're not a small team. Um, even if people think you are a small team in the in the game, you can show how big you are, and that's what Midtjylland uh, did tonight. And um, I hope they everybody saw it. And um, so, really respect Jurgen Klopp. They're very complimentary about Midtjylland, but of course, we'll be pacing Melwood, waiting the results of Fabinho's scan. Coming up, we'll dip into the Blood Red Podcast Facebook group. But before that, let's hear from some of our regular contributors. First up on the win over Midtjylland is Matt Whitty. Well, we got the results and we are top of our Champions League group and Atalanta and Ajax drew in the other game, which was a nice little bonus to, to add to that. Clearly, uh, there's a there's a big worry about the injury to Fabinho that looked like uh, a hamstring injury and given the problems that we've got, the injury problems that we've got at centre-back, that's a, that's a real worry. Um, and hopefully it's not uh, it's not something that keeps him out for for too long. Um, I thought, having said that, um, I thought Reese James did really well. The teenager coming on at, at centre back, um, yeah, I thought he had a, a really good, um, really good, solid game at at centre back, and didn't didn't look out of place in what must have been a, a fairly daunting situation for 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 any teenager to to come on and play in the Champions League at, at centre back. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold was absolutely spectacular tonight. I thought he was the the best player on the on the pitch by by an absolute mile. He was a, a constant attacking threat, and uh, some of his passes were were brilliant. There was a there was a brilliant run, uh, a sort of a, a mazy dribble past about six players in the first half that ended with a an attempted uh, attempted um, uh, pass through that was that was cut out before uh, Minamino could get on the end of it. But yeah, it was a lovely, lovely dribble, and he whipped in some some great passes. There was a first time uh, cross that he just sort of drilled in in the first half from the right hand side that Minamino just got a, a flicked header on when a, when a direct header would have been uh, 
uh, yeah, could have caused the keeper uh, some some problems really. And he was involved in the, the opening goal for for Jota with a, a lovely one-two from Shakiri, um, who uh, played a really classy ball um, without uh, without looking to uh, to play Trent back in, who squared it to Jota, who who couldn't miss. And it was a sensational pass as well uh, for Salah, who was brought down for a penalty at the end. Um, you know, fully forty yards along the along the ground, perfectly weighted, and uh, yeah, Salah was uh, was clipped and, and taken round, and um, appeared after the game to be to be limping down the tunnel. Um, so hopefully, it's just uh, it's just bruising and nothing too nothing too serious. Um, I thought overall, um, it just wasn't wasn't a great performance really. Um, it looked it was a change, very very heavily changed team, and it and it looked it. I thought Jota Jota played well. Um, and uh, obviously got his got his goal, but I thought he looked the liveliest of the of the front three. But I thought for Origi and for Minamino, it was a. They, they, I think they'll be thinking that it's a, a missed opportunity. And there were quite a few occasions where the ball was drilled into them, and they turned, but the touch was heavy, and they either lost it or ended up fouling the uh, the Mitiland player, or they uh, they uh, um, got through on goal and allowed the defender uh, a chance to a chance to block it. But yeah, overall, job done. Don't think it's going to be one where we go back and look at the highlights. And uh, yeah, top of the uh, top of the group. Still plenty more to come right here on Post Game. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. So I felt the visitors were actually pretty impressive, really impressive actually. And, and I felt the way they were coached, the way they were set up, the way they restricted Liverpool within the game. And actually got themselves into some really good areas of the pits to actually hurt Liverpool. So for coaching-wise, it was almost an elite coaching performance to take a team of more limited individuals and make them really competitive. Obviously, there's other factors in that. Liverpool have had a you know consecutive run of games in a short period of time, which was always going to be a leveller. And the fact that Liverpool obviously didn't um, start the game with their full complements and full strength eleven. However, I was really impressed with the, the coaching of the visitors. The problem for them, however, was the, that they quite simply didn't have the quality in the final third when they got into really good areas to hurt Liverpool. And that meant that you'd always felt Liverpool were comfortable in the sense they would not concede a goal. Liverpool, for their part, I felt it was a really, really poor performance. However, because of some of the factors that I've just mentioned, I think you'd have to take them into account. And it's not going to be a normal season in terms of how often they play and how many times Liverpool have to make so many changes, particularly in what I suppose they would consider more winnable fixtures at home, particularly maybe in the Champions League group stages. But I think the two players, obviously, to focus on for me are Trent Alexander-Arnold and Jadon Shaqiri in terms of their performances in the game. Now, Alexander-Arnold is without question Liverpool's best pass of the ball, one of the best passes in world football in terms of the variety, disguise, weight, ability to find moving targets in, in any area of the pitch, really, from, from deeper areas or, or higher from any angle. And once again, I felt he was Liverpool's far biggest threat. The player who you, you sense, despite the disjointed performance, that when he was on the ball there was always an, an opportunity to conjure up something in the final third and so it proved the obviously the two 
moments of the game were from Alexander-Arnold, but there was other moments as well in which he, he really impressed in that sense. And then you had Jaden Shaqiri, who, for me, alongside just under Alexander-Arnold, is Liverpool's most productive and best passer in the final third. Again, displays a lot of the qualities in terms of having variety, whether it be zinc lofted, um, disguised as it was for the outstanding ball that he played to Alexander-Arnold and the true piece of quality to engineer and open up the game was provided by Shakiri. And I've always been a massive fan of the player. I've mentioned before that it's just a shame in terms of Liverpool's default system in the 4-3-3 that Shakiri just doesn't fit into that uh, way the Klopp would like to operate the team with the two wide players making runs from from out to in, stretching the game, being the height in the team, often the highest players, especially in Salah's case. Shakiri's a player who comes towards the ball and therefore you have to change your approach and potentially change your system to get him in the side. And I feel that's the only reason that he hasn't played more football for Liverpool, really, because he's certainly got special elite quality in his left boots, whether that be striking a goal or finding finding passes to, to unlock doors, especially when games are tight. And he demonstrated that again today. And... Um, I think his sort of situation and his lack of game time contrasts really with that of Diego Giotta, who's been brought in in the summer and is very much what you describe as as a default Liverpool player in the 4-3-3 in the wide area. So he does make them runs from out to in. He's at his best in between the the 18-yard box as, a, as an eye for a goal, makes off-the-ball runs and is very direct in his thinking. And again, you know, Obviously not as talented, nowhere near on the football as Shakiri, but a player because of his player profile who can slot in and, and has the same characteristics, albeit not the same level of quality, to do the job that Manny and Salah have. And you don't have to then rejig your formation or rejig your approaches aside. You can keep the Firmino nine and a half dropping in and, and Jota can still be one of them players who looks to looks to penetrate in behind from them wide areas. And I think... It just shows you really the the difference in the two players and why one is likely to get more game time than the other because he fits into that stylistic system and, and formation rather than Shakiri, who as so often as Liverpool career has been the odd man out because of his profile and meaning that you have to change so much to accommodate him in the team. It was actually interesting today with Shakiri because he played in a, in a midfield three. Obviously, Shakiri's favoured position is playing off the right-hand side, cutting onto his left foot. And again, you know, Klopp would only sort of countenance that against the opposition that he felt he was going to have so much of the ball against and he felt they were, you know, uh, going to be afforded the opportunity to play a player who's a bit more off the cuff and left disciplined in that midfield three. So, he, he, again, that's why Shakiri isn't going to play in, in games against better opposition or when when a side has to be more balanced it's almost clock feels he can get away with it and I remember when a great example for you know the player profiles and stuff like that and why Jota you could always see being a Liverpool player was you probably look at somebody like I remember when Yannick Balassi went to Everton and they paid big money for him I think it was over £30 million and Balassi really good player at the time people forget that you know, he was superior to Zahar at that point and hence the why, why Everton went for him as opposed to Zahar. I mean, very good in one... But both players, very good in 1v1 duels. Fantastic in terms of standing a full-back up. Um, beating him at pace, lots of trickery. 
1v1, different, different skills to enable them to bypass opponents. But they were never a player who threatened inside the 18-yard box. They were always players who looked like they had limited numbers considering how talented they were and how elite they were in 1v1 duels. And that's the difference between your modern wide player, the likes of Diego Giotta, who isn't really going to stand the fullback up and beat him from a standing start or be dominant in 1v1s. But what he will do, he has that cleverness to his movement and that ability to affect things inside the danger area where it matters. A few interesting things to come out of the game um, with a few of the players, but in general, you know, a really scrappy performance. Obviously, Liverpool have, have lost the centre-half, which makes things even more difficult going into the weekend and going further forward. Mark Baker there, full of praise for both Trent Alexander-Arnold and Jordan Shakiri. A few mentions tonight for Diogo Jota as well, who opened the scoring and in doing so grabbed Liverpool's 10,000th goal in all competitions. What a landmark that one is. We're now on to the Blood Red podcast Facebook group. Let's have a look in there. Rob Mason writes... We really do have a problem at centre-back. Williams did well for a young lad today. Let's hope Matip returns soon and has a clean bill of health for a few months. Six points from six, though. Have to be happy with that. 10,000 goals. I wonder if Jota knew that when he scored it. Could be a good quiz question in the future. Mark Donoghue says, I think although Virgil will be greatly missed, in my opinion, a bigger miss would be Alisson. The recent leaks have stopped with the big Brazilian back between the sticks. Remember the Champions League final against Madrid? Virgil was in the team, but due to our keeper, we lost. That's only one game I know, but if I had to pick between Virgil and Alisson, the keeper gets my vote only, though, by a whisker. Well, we've also got Jesse Poynton, who's written in the Facebook group, says our centre-backs are cursed. Also, Klopp has gotten his lineup all wrong. Luckily, we have the bench and all of the subs. And Nathan Madsen writes, after a strong pre-season, I think I might be done with Minamino. Jota is really everything I wished Taki would become. Anyone know how long Keita is out for? Of course, Naby Keita, one of those players missing the game against Midland. For more of that, head to Facebook, search for the Blood Red podcast and join the group. It really is as simple as that. And who knows, your views and opinions could be shared here on the post-game podcast. Let's hear now from more of our regular contributors, though Steve Dawson to come. But first is Lauren Black. Liverpool make it two wins out of two in the Champions League after beating Michelin by two goals to nil at Anfield. A very important victory tonight. A hard-fought win against a very good Michelin side. You've got to give credit to. Um, they gave it a real good go this evening and, and almost had us in the opening minutes and the closing minutes of the game um, with Alisson pulling off some great saves. They came to Anfield with the Zion attitude to win and they had some really bright moments tonight um, that definitely put us all on edge. But... Yeah, I think it just proves how, how good it is to have a player like Alisson in goal, just the size and the speed of him and you know the way he, he gets off his line so quick to put players under pressure is great and he's really just like a brick wall in goal for us. A very important clean sheet as well um, and the second one in the competition after the 1-0 win at Ajax last week so that bodes well for future games. I think you also have to highlight Jota's performance again. Um, another important goal from him after he scored the winner against Sheffield over the weekend. Um, he broke the deadlock tonight in what was a very good defensive display by Michelin. He looks like he's going to be a really important player for us this season and a real asset to our team. 
Um, I think Trent Alexander-Arnold deserves a mention as well. He played superbly this evening. By far our best, best player on the pitch and his passing has always been one of his best attributes. But tonight it was another level in his link-up play which he carried for the first goal was excellent. And then the ball to Mo Salah at the end that led to the penalty was also brilliant. He looks superb tonight and he looks to be back to his best this season. Back to Premier League action again this weekend as we face West Ham at home. The Hammers have picked up a good run of form over the last few games and were able to hold Man City to a draw last weekend. So I expect it to be a difficult game for Liverpool, but one we can definitely take all three points from. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's Champions League win at home to Michelland. It's um it's hard to talk about the unit, the performance of the team as a whole, because it's uh, firstly a relatively unfamiliar formation, 4-2-3-1. I don't know if we'll pursue it. It might be something we'll see more of. Certainly there seems to be a recent trend, but I think Jürgen probably feels more comfortable with 4-3-3 and more familiar personnel. Um, also, I think the, the personnel here were unfamiliar, relatively speaking. So, you know, the extent to which we can we can comment on how well the unit worked and, and how well it'll uh, stand us in good stead for the future, you know, might, might not be too pertinent. So I thought instead I'd, I'd talk about some individual performances tonight and focusing on the positives wasn't Reese Williams fantastic, uh, came on. I'm sure it was unexpected for him. It was not good to see Fabinho go down. It, it clearly looks like a hamstring injury, which would indicate, uh, I'm, you know, I'm no, I'm no doctor, but it would indicate, I would say at least three weeks. Uh, and, on the face of things, that puts us in a pretty dire situation. Lovren's gone. Uh, we've got Fabinho and Virgil um, in the treatment room. And uh, I'll talk about Joe Gomez later on. Joel Matip still struggling to come back to fitness. For Reese Williams to perform with such maturity and confidence, it was a real blessing. Um, when he got the ball and even before he got it, you know, he was using his hand to to guide Trent to where he wants him so that he was thinking about the, the next pass. Really uh, mature performance for a young man. I didn't see him in a significant number of one-on-ones. Uh, it's not easy, therefore, to judge him in that situation, but a big, really sizable part of Liverpool's central defence is what we do with the ball at our feet. And uh, he certainly seemed to pass the early test that we've given him uh, over the last few days, uh, really big boost to see him play so well. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of him, although it would be nice if we didn't have to see more of him, if there were more choices available for us in that position. Also, Trent Alexander-Arnold, marvellous, uh, effectively to assist. I don't think he'll get the official assist for most penalty, but he was the one that played the ball through for Mo before he got fouled. Uh, lovely little pass as well, wasn't it, for Jota for the opening goal. And he was the one that played Bobby in when Bobby skied it over the bar. We'll talk about that in a moment um, as well. But I thought Trent was our main attacking outlet, really came into his own in the second half in particular. And before he was taken off, Jordan Henderson, I think, really stood out. Captain's role, always wanting the ball, which is which is a trait that is really is, is really needed because some players some players in other teams for the most part hide. And you want somebody who really looks forward to having possession and doing good things with it. Jordan Henderson certainly fits that description. I suppose I can use that link to talk about 
uh, Shaq because even though he had two lovely moments, one of them uh, involving our first goal and then that other one where he jinked through everybody and had he had a bit more good fortune with the final touch, he would have had a, just the goalkeeper to beat. And I, I bet he would have scored. But other than those two touches, he did look quite assured in possession. Uh, defensively as well, he was hanging deep. But I think I suspect much of the reason for him hanging deep in the last third of that game was just because he was blowing quite hard. There were times when he was walking for extended periods, uh, not even breaking into a job. Just before Sadio and Mo came on, he was walking around consistently and I was convinced he was going to be taken off because he just did not look fit. He's got that body shape, hasn't he? Which means it's going to be it's going to be difficult to get him aerobically fit um, without a good run of games. And I, I think he struggled. If you look at his body language, you can see that it, to an extent he was hiding. You know, I use that phrase um, to describe what Jordan Henderson doesn't do. He doesn't hide. He's always making himself available. But I think there were times there where where Shaq probably didn't want the ball. Um, but to be fair, when he got it, he he shields the ball well and he he. He didn't um, overextend himself with the passes. He, he played the simple ball a, a lot of the times. And it was good to see him get an extended run today. Um, and if he can stay or get fitter, then, you know, he may have a, a more significant role to play in the season. Um, there were there were disappointments, certainly. I think um, Joe Gomez didn't play badly, but I, I think in the first half he tried three lofted balls to the fullbacks a la VVD, and they all went out of play. We've seen that before from Joe Gomez. Um, certainly something he's got to work on. But he, you know, he, he marshaled a changing defensive back four well again. And um, it wasn't his best game, but uh, at least he kept a clean sheet. Congratulations to him and Alison Becker as well. I thought um, James Milner was perhaps a step too slow in the first half, gave away a few fouls. Um, didn't really stand out as as uh, doing anything negative in the second half, um, but he's starting to show his age, I suppose. Um, it's good to have him there or thereabouts, isn't it? But in these days where we are really stretched um, in terms of fitness from a defensive cover perspective, um, you know, it's uh, it means that James Miller gets a lot more time on the field, and we saw calf. Um, cramps in uh, the first Champions League game and um, it, it might be a bit of a struggle for him to keep up with the pace as this season goes on because it's going to be a long and busy campaign, no question about it. Just finally, up front, uh, good for Jota, you know, another goal, but Minamino and Origi clearly didn't take their chance, were withdrawn relatively early and um, I mean, I think I've, I've known for some time that even though Origi scores significant goals at significant times, he's not he's not the standard we really need. What is good about him is he provides a different option. The hope for Minamino was that he would provide a, a, a good alternative for Bobby Firmino. And he just wasn't quite there today. And when Bobby came on, neither was he that uh, that opportunity that he skied over the bar, if you watch it in slow motion, took a little bit of a bobble, but that's not something that should be bothering somebody of his skill. Um, Bobby's just not on song at the moment, and we need somebody like Minamino to step in and pick up the slack. And at the moment, neither of them really look quite there 
but uh, at least Diogo Jota is playing a role that we can be proud of, scoring goals and um, and looking as if he can take on a, a big role in this Liverpool side as the season goes on. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Steve Dawson with the last say after the win over Midland, following on from Lauren Black here on Post Game. Make sure you keep across the Blood Red channel for more reaction to the win over Midland and ahead of the visit of West Ham United at the weekend. Both the Liverpool.com podcast and Analyzing Anfield will have their respective looks at those games. Remember, if possible, to leave us a rating and review as well. And thanks, as always, for your continued support and listenership to Blood Red. Do check out our Blood Red YouTube channel too, if you haven't done so already. So, on the night where Fabinho's injury troubles left a bitter taste in the mouth, Jürgen's red saw off the Danish as Diogo's sweet scoring form continues. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.